week's episode of the Discerning Gamer Podcast is brought to you by Lube Mobile. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, returning to Earth in our space cruiser, heading to Los Angeles in the hopes of taking a vacation before being shot down and finding ourselves in a strip club being arrested by pig cops. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel J.B. Fury Beauchene, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam, excited to celebrate the sacred holiday of Shitmas by gifting himself any of the Lord of the Rings-based games from this year. <laughs> it's, of course, none other than Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Uh, JB, how are you, mate? Oh, really good. <laughs> Uh, also with us, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. The best gift he could hope for at Christmas time is a used PS1 from the Salvation Army so that he can play Spyro 1. It's, of course, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh, thanks, Chef Bam. I'm so excited to get a PS1 for Christmas. Can't wait to play Spyro and Tony Hawks and li- and listen to that sick fucking soundtrack. Fuck yeah, <laughs> 1990-something. <laughs> well, gold, solid gold. Finally, uh, with us, the Nintendo Queen, Pistol, Pisty, Pete. The Pissed. Uh, she's got her finger on the collective pulse of the entire gaming industry with no news whatsoever slipping through her intricately crafted net. It's, of course, none other than Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Yes. <laughs> That's my brain. That's the sound my brain makes anytime anyone speaks. So thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Our pleasure. <laughs> And, uh, you know, another another real big week in gaming news this week. So, uh, there's a lot of things blowing up. So, without further ado, let's throw over to the Steelmeister. Yeah, blowing up. That's right. Dynamite. Uh, aerosol cans. Like a deodorant. Explosions. Ah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> What anyway, do you got for us, um, yeah. uh, Steel Lee? Well, let me tell you. Um, uh, yes, Steel Lee, uh, brother to Spike Lee and Stan Lee. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, have you seen this? <laughs> what about this? 
Tell us. Uh, This week has been like a jar of mixed pickles when it comes to reviews, everyone. If you would, get your $1.97 and make it two bucks because we're about to round up. Review. You like that? It was a that was a bit of a roundup. That was a bit of a money joke for you. Maths and money, hey? Two of the things I'm not good at. Anyway, here we go. Uh well Activision clearly didn't have an active vision for their latest Call of Duty single player campaign being poorly received by critics and users alike, with mm. scores as low as four. It's an all-time low for the once yearly franchise. WarioWare Move It, on the other hand, has finished the week so far on 75. My time at Sand Rock has proved it is nothing but malware at 60, where people are a little <laughs> unsure about Robocop Rogue City coming in at 71. The games that took a spot over 80 this week were varied and unexpected, with the Talus Principle 2 at 87. Thirsty Suitors at 81, Star Ocean, The Second Story at 85. I didn't know there was a first, mind you. And EA mm. Sports, WRC at 83. Yeah, one thing is for sure. Fuck up everything. Yeah, you know that. Uh, one thing's for sure, I'm not playing any of them. So if you're at <laughs> home, write to us. Tell us about how great your life is. Really, write to us. And tell us how much you love playing these games. Because I really care. Um, I'm the only one that cares, you filthy, thirsty DG fans. Anyway, anyway. um, What else have you got for us, Steely? Oh, I've got heaps more. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Got a spare 1,300 Australian dollars, or should I just say dollars? Because the... uh, Fuck me. Uh, Because the (laughs) Lenovo... The Lenovo fucking Switch is coming, everyone. That's right. Another PC manufacturer has made another gaming handheld, but this time, with no shame, has made the thing function almost just like a Nintendo Switch. With detachable controllers, the ability to dock the the Lenovo Legion Go looks like, at face value, more of the same. With yet another peripheral trying to cash in on the portable slash hybrid phenomenon created by Nintendo, the Legion Go looks to at least be really giving PC consumers an extra reason, reason, reason not to purchase the Steam Deck. Although the Legion Go looks impressive, with the Nintendo Switch 2 inevitably coming next year, and with rumours of it featuring NVIDIA's DLSS technology, it appears we may have a powerful contender for the Legion Go on the horizon. At this point, I think we can all agree the portable hybrid PC isn't necessarily trying to compete with the everyday Nintendo fan, but at least it will arrive in Australia before Christmas on December 15th. We are Santa! what he thought about this, and he said, four elves have died, one of my reindeer started using meth recreationally, and that's just for people buying Crisco Christmas hampers from 1998. I don't want no part of this shit. So there you go. That's- <laughs> and uh, just before <laughs> you move on, uh, just before you move on, um, we, we did uh, get uh, a little... A little bit of a, a sound bite sent through to us by Lenovo um, for the Legion Go. Um, it's just a quick one, but they said this is the sound effect they intend to use to promote the device. Mm. Wow, that's very similar to um, another device. Sounds like the PlayStation 1 startup. 
that was a joke. That was a PlayStation One joke. That's <laughs> carrying back for it because I know that it sounds like the Switch, but you know, I just wanted it anyway. You know what I mean, anyway. Don't Thanks. You? Thanks. Anyway, you get it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> uh, so it does exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so it, so it does exist uh not no not the big bad mouse from donaldson and scheffler's the gruffalo's child but the day before everyone you hear me correctly a rather bizarrely toned trailer was released last week for a long no with a long look at what to expect from the post-apocalyptic mmo from fast cars to inventory management and quote-unquote realistic guns, the day before looks to be a disaster as it doesn't look like it has really any direction. Having said that, the game will release in early access on December 7th, the day before the 8th of December. (laughs) Good one, Simon. Anyway, well... For those of us interested in HBO's The Last of Us, the second season of the highly anticipated adaptation of Naughty Dog's hit franchise is expected to start production in 2024, with the show's second season set to premiere sometime in 2025. We asked Marty McFly what to expect from the show in 2025, and he said, Flying skateboards, sex robots, iPhone 17, MacBook Pro, Donald Trump as president, Nintendo Switch 2 is called Nintendo Fuck." buddy xbox finally released xbox 720 i didn't have an hbo max subscription so i didn't watch the show well fucking well <laughs> fuck me says the jeep great soundbite oh yuck uh, anyway oh, it's gnarly wow baby uh, it's cold yes. outside well maybe it is if you attended blizzcon last week with a plethora of world war uh, sorry wor- world of warcraft a splash of diablo and a wet mop of overwatch 2 blizzcon certainly happened i guess with blizzard fans all coming together to anaheim california for the two-day event Aside from being able to hear about Blizzard's up-and-coming releases and expansions, fans could get tatted up for free at the event with designs from Diablo. Labelled Hell's Link, attend- uh, so Hell's Inc., pardon me, attendees could finally get matching tattoos for free from their favourite live service online-only hack-and-slash RPG. Apparently, this is nothing new for Diablo, however, as Hell's Inc. has featured previously as part of marketing campaigns for Diablo, such as Diablo 2 Resurrected. We reached out to a BlizzCon ticket holder about the event, and they said, I was sent back to the lobby a few times, at points, I froze, and it was weirdly hard to get into matches. Hang on, are we talking about the convention or Blizzard games in general? So, there you go. Um, wow. Yeah. Sounds well, like a good time. Guys balls, please? Wow. Mm. Well, looks like a lot of people have a banana in their bonds for Fortnite, as the game has seen unprecedented success following the new time disruption event that has seen bus goers going back to Season 1 breaking their previous record, Epic Games released some crazy stats this week, reaching almost 6 million players simultaneously. Epic Games spoke to our reporter this week, um, fucking J- James McDermott, um, and he has this to say. I guess you could say it's unreal how epic the return of Fortnite's <laughs> OG map was. We hear... 
that about 40 YouTubers that all play the game almost became popular again. We also made a lot of V-Bucks. I guess you could say it's pretty epic games and totally unreal Engine 5. <laughs> wow. Fucking original. Wow. Uh, original. Nice. Anyway. Oh. And last but not least... The Indigo Disc expansion is coming to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet this December. For those of you that want to catch them all while your eyes bleed at the seizure-inducing visuals of Game Freak's <laughs> Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Part 2 of the Hidden Treasure Area Zero DLC will release on December 14th. We asked this guy Wayne at EB Games Elizabeth Downs what part of the DLC he was most excited for, and he said, I've already caught them all. Gonorrhea, syphilis, <laughs> genital herpes, chlamydia, Pikachu. I just came here to steal some games and sell them at Cashies. My girlfriend and I are trying to get pregnant with our fifth, and she said I need a higher-paying job. Also, don't tell security. Also, your mum's your dad. Well, Put that's it you. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. There's the news. Uh, okay. All true. <laughs> It's all real! None of it was scripted! It's all made up on the spot! All from real events! Yes! Into the Maybe! <laughs> mm. Ah, gee Louise. <laughs> well, uh, you well, know, uh, off the back of, uh, of the news headlines, I uh, could not help but uh, have a little article in the uh, said news uh, that caught my eye, um, and it's... Regarding um, our, our new sort of uh, game that we love to hate, City Skylines 2, who during the week released a hotfix that removes an offensive, and I use this term in, in air quotes, radio advert while working to improve performance. So I saw that headline, I thought, I wonder you know, what, what could have been on there? Because I know uh, GTA had some pretty gnarly shit that would play over the radio in mm. that game. And I'm thinking, well, mm. whatever it is that's happening in City Skylines 2, uh, they they must have gone a step even further than what GTA did. <laughs> uh, so uh, Colossal Order uh, used this hotfix to remove the Spasm Electronics advertisement from the in-game radio stations after members of the community took issue with the sound effects used therein, which they argue mimic the sound a person makes when experiencing a seizure. <laughs> well, fucking hell. Um, oh, I te- no, don't even get me started on this. I don't like... <laughs> I don't, don't even get me... I don't... Oh, I, I, um, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to talk about this. So, I guess the, the the question, once again, off the back of uh, the drink driving simulator we discussed last week, um, how offensive does something need to be before the gaming community just decide to pile on? And is there a point where you go beyond that, beyond the offensive mark, and then it just becomes okay again? So, you know, we get the... the the Grand Theft Auto effect, shall we say, mm. where uh, it's just so offensive that it gets left alone. I mean, uh, the sound a person makes when experiencing a seizure, is that... 
I mean, no, I, I just, no. I, I'm really struggling to understand the uh, the idea behind that and why that's deemed to be something highly offensive. Is it just because the type of game that it is? We're talking. Well, this is this is the thing. Like, it's a it's, it's a city builder. It's, a it's city not a builder, Grand yeah. Theft Auto type game. There's no, you know, this would be completely unintentional. Um, there'd be absolutely zero malice in it. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. I think it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Whereas if you promote your game as a Grand Theft Auto, in a way, it's sort of expected, and therefore gets a little bit more of a longer leash in many respects. Around, oh well, this is the type of game it is, and I knew that before I played it. Therefore, I'm probably not going to get offended that there's X things happening in this game. Mm. Um, but yeah, do you then- have the uh, the ad per chance, JB? Are we able to hear what the the actual in-game ad sounds like? Well, I can I can certainly try and queue it up and see uh, see if I can find it. But um, I'll, I'll put put the the word out there to the rest of the DG crew. Has there ever been something like a sound or, or anything else within a video game environment? That you thought, nah, nah, this is a step too far. This is poor taste. This, this shouldn't have been allowed to get through. No, um, probably not. I think we talked, oh, not on air, but off air. There's a the Cyberpunk 2077 mission. JB, have you been involved with the Crucifixion episode in that game? Which, oh no, I haven't. Wowie. That's probably the gnarliest thing I've seen in a video game, which I felt, you know, very uncomfortable to the point where I really didn't want to play it. Um, but outside of that, that's probably the only one that comes What to made mind. you feel uncomfortable about it? What, what, happened in, what happens in that? Well, again, this is racking my memory, but from, um, from memory, you basically take part as, I think you're filming it or something, and it's basically a... Um, it's a retelling of the crucifixion where someone pretends to be, yeah, Jesus and gets nailed to a cross within the actual game and it's filmed for like a dark web sort of TV show. And that's that's pretty gnarly because I reckon from memory you actually have to hammer this dude's hands with a nail onto the, onto the cross. Like it is, wow. it is out there. It's pretty full on. So, you know, playing that, I'm sort of thinking, did this really need to be in here? I'm I'm not sure what I'm getting out of this. Maybe it's just, uh, yeah, not too but sure. But, like, what was the context of the mission, though? That's the thing that I'd want to know about something like that. What, what In what context does this take place? Is it just a random, a random it's like a thing? Side, it's, I think it's a side mission. I'll, um, I'll look it up to yeah. re-, re- well, trick my memory, and Jamie's going to give us the. Uh, I think I've found yeah. it. So I think I've got um, right. banned radio commercial spasm electronics city skyline. So uh, I'm going to hit play, and we'll see what uh, what comes up. Here you go. This girl busts in line and starts filling up her drink, and she all looking at me like it's on. So I do a full body gurk like, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> and I say, y'all, it's spasm electronics. So I'm waiting for my sister, and I got this polo shirt trolling, and he comes up about to start, and I go like, and he's like, are you all right? And I say, y'all, it's Spasm Electronics. Get y'all electronics down at Spasm Electronics. 
We got resistor, transistor, capacitor, all the calibers. LEDs, news TVs, and clerks that girk the jerks. Down at Spasm Electronics. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right, I'm I'm ready to weigh in. So that that's literally it. Um, and oh, I tell you what, I'm I'm struggling to really pick the reason that that was deemed offensive. Um, uh, yeah, weigh, weigh you in, know what? Steely. This is ha- this is. I'm I'm sorry. I'm ready to weigh in now. This is doing my head in because this is something that I think is happening more and more and more. And more specifically in Western society, um, people I think that find this kind of thing offensive have nothing better to worry about in their lives. Obviously, have nothing better to focus on or important to focus on than finding something to just deem offensive for the fucking sake of it. Mm. And it's it frustrates me because. You know, I think that in a lot of ways, people, if that was just the the advertisement that it was, and like you, like we said sort of at the start of this discussion, if this was on GTA, nobody would even battle an eyelid. Nobody would talk about it. It wouldn't be spoken about. It's not even offensive. It's like it's basically saying that people are getting electrocuted. It's not called seizure electronics. It's not called epilepsy electronics. Mm. And- I think at the same rate, even if it was, the point of the radio ad is to be somewhat comical. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not very funny, but it's not funny because it's offensive or that it's in poor taste. It's just not funny because it just doesn't land. I mean, I'm saying that, and I'm probably the least funniest person on the podcast. But the whole point is is that I think that um, more and more now, People are just nitpicking things to get offensive to see if they can make a, a big difference. You see this happen in things like Bluey, for Christ's sake, where there is stuff that gets cut out of Bluey because people get offended at some of the silliest stuff. If you're worried about the fact that a blue dog wants to lose weight, you have issues that are far beyond what you're being offended about. And this is the thing that just absolutely does my head in and i didn't want to talk about it because i could talk about it all day but i think that if you have nothing else going on in your life this is something that you will be offended about if you have something meaningful happening in your day to day and you're contributing to society you are not even going to think about this there are so much more important things to think about in the world than some like little ad where she says spasm electronics and then pretends to get electrocuted. People would be getting upset if the people were not using their vocal talents properly and were not pretending to be electrocuted as a part of the ad. It's meant to convey the sound of a glitch. If somebody wants to construe it as that, I think that that is something, that's their own problem. They're focusing on this stuff way too hard. Um, but, yeah, anyway... I'm, I'm not going to say anything more about it because I just feel like it just enrages me and I'll talk about it all night and we've only got an hour. I'll, I'll be so. honest with you. If if I had been playing City Skyline 2 and that came on in the background, I honestly wouldn't have even given it a second thought. Like, and no. Yeah, all right, granted, I, I'm not someone who suffers from seizures and, you know, so I guess hard in a way to 
take it personally when you're not in that situation. But I I would actually struggle to see how someone could interpret that as being, you know, mimicking a person who's having a seizure. It's obviously just meant to be like like an obnoxious sort of teenager just talking talking shit, basically. So I mm. I don't know. What do you think, Ferg? Ah, play on. I probably wouldn't have, like yourself, JB, I probably wouldn't have noticed. So, But again, I'm not easily offended by stuff. Some people, everyone's different, but I probably wouldn't have noticed at all, to be honest. So, well, anywho. Paradox <clears throat> Interactive, we're going to give you the Wii U horn for even buying into this ridiculous controversy or... Yeah, lack thereof, because it's just mm. really seems quite ridiculous. Mm. Um, so, what do we think about um, the free tattoos that Blizzard are handing out at BlizzCon? Is this, uh, I mean, is is this a, a good idea to be permanently inking gamers at uh, at a gaming convention? Or uh... yeah. sure, why not if they're up for it? When I heard this story, it just made me think, and I thought, when we do the podcast, I'm going to chuck the question out for the DG crew. What would you get tattooed for free? Now, if you went to an expedition, what like what game is it? Steely, C-Mac, are you at the old Nintendo bloody direct live show? What would you? What would it take to get a free tattoo? What would it be of? If you're going to get a free tattoo about a game that you loved or... Is there anything that comes to mind? I'll chuck it out to the floor. Any tattoos that come to mind that you'd get done for free related to a game, a game-related free tattoo? Anything? What would you get? I'd I get- had to get a tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, like I wouldn't get one. <laughs> um, but if, if you fuck. let's, all right, let's say. So I had a say you, to say my you, head say you wanted to get, so say you wanted to get one. Yeah, so you'd, you'd already decided you absolutely wanted a tattoo of some description. What what would the, uh, Cir- the picture circle, be? Circle back to me. I'll have a think. I know, Simon, already, you already have told me before what you would want. Well, there's, yeah, well, there's a couple of things that I'd say yes to. Mm-hmm. One would be um, I kind of would say yes to like an invisible tat of the Triforce on my hand. Invisible? No, it can't be invisible. <laughs> no, because the reason why I want it to be invisible is so when you walk under like a, a black light, you can see it. And I think that would just be fucking sick. You're at a party or something, you go to a black light party, and somebody's just like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, that's my tattoo. Yeah. And like, you know, that's like, the Triforce you, of I wisdom, think that, that bitch. would be sick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, that I think that would be sick. But I'd also like, I'd go for something. If they had it at like a Nintendo convention, which would never happen, I'd probably get like I've seen these really cool ones of like Paper Mario, but they make it look like he's getting peeled off the skin, like it like he's oh yeah, Gross. you know, <laughs> which looks really cool, like as if it's just like a sticker on your skin and it looks like it's being peeled away. Mm, and I, yeah. I always thought that they looked kind of cool, and so I don't know, maybe like a little Paper Mario somewhere would be cheeky and cute, mm-hmm. but um. So I would I have thought know, I would have thought you'd gone with something like uh, you get a picture of Yoshi tattooed at the base of your penis, 
and then have his tongue going along the length of your shaft so that as you well, get that, an, as you get an erection your dream JB as you get an erection it looks like he's do. it looks like his tongue's getting further out Carl, I feel like you've thought about this too much yeah. maybe you get the the bell end just sort of tattooed to resemble one of the apples oh. that hangs on the trees you know like oh my gosh oh that's <laughs> you know what I'd probably get though? Kirby in a gimp mask. <laughs> like with Kirby's with his mouth wide open in a gimp mask. Okay. Uh, why the gimp mask? Uh, exactly. Oh, because Kirby's got his mouth wide open. And he's just, he's ready. Oh, hang on. You're talking gimp mask like the zipper over the mouth section, or are you talking like ball gag? Like, uh, I'm talking like sort of like ball gag, yeah. So, Kirby with a ball gag in, yeah, like with the leather stitching around, and then just like a ball gag in Kirby's mouth, and looks like Kirby and everything. But I don't know, I think that's, I think if you're a sicko, that's a that's a tattoo, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Is it not? What about you, Ferg? I reckon if I was going to get something, because obviously these people aren't rolling up to get sleeves, they're obviously just small. <clears throat> I'd, I'd, if I was going to get something, I'd, I might get a Vault Boy. I reckon. And you know how in oh, in yeah. the Fallout series they've got like there's like heaps of different versions of them for the different skills. Yep. So there'd be a whole stack of different unique ones you could pick depending on. So you don't just have to get the staple of the Vault Boy, give him the thumbs up. You could get him in the- You could get the, know, the drug-reliant perk yeah. where he's sitting there with eight needles hanging yeah, out of his it. arms and he's just got all the stars going around his yeah, head. Yeah, that's it. And some of the other ones were the, like the carrying one where he's, he's loaded up like a pack horse. Yeah. The strong back perk. Yeah, so the bloody know. mess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah. I reckon a uh, Vault Boy, and I don't know which one specifically. Maybe just keep it classic with the thumbs up. But yeah, you could, or you the uh, the child killer perk that you can earn in uh, Fallout Two for uh, blowing away some of the kids <laughs> of the wasteland. Uh, yeah, the Vats one's pretty good, where he's got like the uh, uh, what are those hats called, and he's smoking the cigarette. He looks like the spy, oh, the mysterious stranger. Yeah, that's it. Mysterious stranger. So yeah, probably yeah, probably a vault boy would be pretty cool. What about you, JB? Oh mate, it, it was it was really quite fortunate that uh, I wasn't able to get tattoos before the age of eighteen, <laughs> or I probably would have ended up with half a dozen of those uh, on my back. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. I've only got one tattoo at the moment, and mm. uh, it's of the uh, the symbol for the Klingon Empire from Star Trek. So. Uh, and even now, I'm thinking nice. to myself, ah, would I would I do it again? <laughs> Probably not. Um, but you know, you live and you, you live and you learn. No regrets. What about the villager from Animal Crossing? Like in, on the inside of your ass, digging out your ass, <laughs> and then like a little, and then a pitfall, like exclamation point, kind of getting dug out of your ass. Fuck it now. <laughs> Uh, okay. so it didn't take long for this gross. to get weird, did it? <laughs> into the ass. <laughs> Still, he's taken like the most innocent gaming franchise and somehow absolutely flipped it on its head. I'm just doing what Ferg would want. I mean, not oh, Ferg, yeah. uh, I'm doing what JB would want. Yes. I know well, what Ferg wants. I'm probably yeah. not keen on anything getting tattooed in or around my, my ass, to be honest, uh, Steely, but... Oh, okay. uh, Come on, JB. 
you know. Leave a little, mate. <laughs> Leave wow. a bit. Maybe maybe I could nominate that for the free uh, Diablo tattoo. Maybe I can get him to do a nice town portal or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's probably more reliable than the one in game, am I right? Oh, jeez. All right, <clears throat> moving on. Um, so, the day before, now, I I remember seeing just a like a, a little dash of in-game footage from the day before. I don't know if it was from a trailer or, or something else, but it, it just showed sort of a a female character walking around the streets and maybe getting into a car or something. Mm. So who's actually the developer on this one? Do we do we have that information at hand? I don't know off the top of my head. I would have to look that up. But, I mean, this game has had the most ridiculous run to coming out ever. It's gone through the wildest, yeah, chain of events. It was bloody, is it a game? Is it not a game? You know, is it a publicity stunt? Then they were, then they got sued around the name, and then the game disappeared, and then they had to take it down from Steam, and you couldn't pre-order it. And then they have a release date. Now it's been delayed. Now they're going to release it in early access. Who knows what we're getting on? Uh, what was the date that Steely gave us on December the seventh? I think the fact that it's coming out in early access is. <clears throat> Maybe a little bit more worrying than anything because I think they're just going to release something in some kind of state, and I don't think it's going to be a great state either. Um, but we'll see. I just found, found that um, that entire, like I said in the news, that entire um, trailer to be really offbeat. It just didn't feel like it had a cohesive tone. It was like that. 80s sort of like music behind it with a synth happening and like in the day before it sounded like someone was AI like it sounded like an AI person talking you know like in the day before you can shoot stuff and it's realistic and you can get in guns and cars and it's just like like the voice on TikTok that you know sort of yes talks through yes shit. I think what's what's frustrating is that it seems like this game has a couple of cool different mechanics in it where you have to eat to survive and you have to drink and so you have to manage your inventory and, um, you know, you have to go and steal other people's stuff and take it back to your, your, sh- your ranch where it's all nice and quiet and you can't get shot by anyone and that set- all seems cool. But, like, I don't know, it's just... There was something about it that just didn't gel, you know. It just felt really out of place and and very strange. I would have thought that for, and maybe they were trying to make it sound a little bit more like upbeat and exciting because, you know, there. I think there is a saturation of post-apocalyptic like zombie or infected games, and they're trying to separate it from those games. But I, I just felt like that in trying to do that. It just felt like it didn't have a purpose or a place. And it was well, just, yeah, I don't know. The developer, it, it's fantastic, but without the first A, so fantastic. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they were quoted as saying, it's no secret that most survival MMOs are all built on the sandbox model where you, when you set goals for yourself and wander around the deserted world, 
In the day before, we reinvented everything from the in-game goals to the ways we approach the quality of the game mechanics. So apparently um, uh, there's some footage where they showed off um, completely new environments uh, with players exploring a lake, forests, and finally a creepy farm that looked all uh, meticulously detailed. And uh, then... Apparently, the trailer got viewed more than one million times in a single day off the back of that. So, hmm. I don't know about this one. It's 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 such a weird trailer. I'm just watching it now. Like, you look at it and you see zombies and you see the inventory system and it looks like a DayZ clone. And then there's cars. Yeah. And then, then there's, like, first-person shooting. And then I'm just watching it here. He's, like, in the bar, all kitted up with his bloody bulletproof vest and his helmet. And he's getting a drink. And then the next scene, he's in a jacuzzi. And then he's at the gym working out. And he's on the <laughs> treadmill. And there's, like, all these characters on the treadmill decked out in, like, full army kit running on the treadmill. So, I'm kind of... It seems like it's a cross between all these different games meshed into one. So, at some point, it looks like a bit of a horror. Then it looks like it's not really taking itself too seriously. Then you, there's a bit of like home building. He's decking out a house, and yeah, it's. I just don't know what to make of it. Um, it's uh, you know, it's sounding. It's sounding like it's somewhere in between The Last of Us and that Last of Us clone that ended up on the Nintendo Switch uh, before it got taken <laughs> down. <laughs> um, and I sort of wonder. The last hope. The last hope. The last hope. Yeah, mm. I wonder how far on the gaming spectrum it is towards each of those ends of of, mm. of the of, of the chart so you've got the last of us obviously an amazing game at one end and then the last hope um which yeah mm. absolute stinker at the other end yeah it's an interesting one i'm not too sure what to make of it we'll see hopefully it comes out and it's all right but it's just it looks very strange like it's post-apocalyptic zombies and then there's old mate in like a flashed out sports car driving around a city um, like he's got free reign and there's not like there's just parked cars and crap everywhere. It's, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let's, uh, let's, <clears throat> let's take a little challenge on this. So if we were to do an overs and unders on this game right now and we had to vote on whether it was going to go over or under 80 on Metacritic, uh, where are we landing? Steely? Under. Under for Steely. Um Far under. Okay, well, um, yeah, under, under for Steely. Sorry, oh, got to get go. the uh, the old ding. C <laughs> uh, Mac, where where are you thinking? I'll go under as well. Okay, it's not going over eighty JB. It's under for me. Okay. Um. Well, just to differentiate, I'm going to say over, but. Probably only just. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Well, four weeks until it's out. So, we released in early access. I'm looking at the Steam page. There's no price for how much it's going to cost. Or So, yeah, wait and see. Yeah, it, it'll certainly be an interesting one. Um, yeah, I reckon if it does go over, it's either, it's either going to just roll across the line or... It'll be a surprise hit and it'll blow people away. And it's hard to know 
where it's going to land. Like mm. game, these <clears throat> games that try to be everything to everyone mm. um, quite often, you know, don't do any one thing very well. So, mm. uh, yeah, they suffer from too many cook syndrome, don't they? Mm. Absolutely. I hope it goes all right. I'm, I'm with Steely. I think there's things that I've seen over the duration of this game which look half interesting. So, we'll see. Time will tell. All right. Well, mm. on that note, it's uh, time for this week's novelty segment. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well. the uh, the novelty segment um, uh, music. Uh, Where's it hiding, JB? Oh, mate, it it uh, it was it was hiding s- from me last week too. Yeah. It was hiding in an Animal Crossing tattoo of, on your <laughs> asshole, JB. <laughs> Better oh. dig it out. Oh, dear. <laughs> Come on. You've got to stop torturing our uh, listeners with yeah. uh, references to my uh, <laughs> anus. Oh, look, I, I can't find it, but uh, how about we give... I know what boys like. I know what guys want. I know what boys like. Boys like. Boys like. Ham. Ham. Yeah, all right, nice one. There you go. Oh, oh, DIY. Just, exactly and, like and just as you did that, I, the, I saw saw the bloody button. Anyway, um, well, this week... I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this week, our novelty segment is... We're going to talk about our favourite game of the year 2012. We're going to get very specific this week uh, in complete contrast to the way we did last week where... Uh, we we opened it up to a whole decade, and that was a bit overwhelming for for some. So we're going to pick the year twenty twelve. It was very overwhelming, not just a bit. And, it took me all week to get over it. Uh, and Maybe. It, it was it was you, Sealy, that that suggested the year twenty twelve. What what was it specifically that attracted you to that year yeah, in why? gaming? I picked the number. Yeah, it's shit I just thought, well, fuck, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't think of any games that were released in 2012, and I thought that would make for some interesting conversation. Yeah, because, thanks. Well, shit the bed, wife. We've ta- I feel like we talk about the same maybe decades of the same games every now and then, and I just thought that it would be fun to branch out into a year where the world was meant to end, mind you. It was meant to be the end of the world. Yeah. Like, there was meant to be apocalypse. The ground was meant to destroy and everything, and then everything would have been blown up, <laughs> but it didn't, and now we're here. So, fuck. What are you change? Give me a break. Give me a Kit Kat. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> Steely, right. since you picked the year, would you like to kick this segment off? Uh, yeah, I do what, have a foot, so I could do that. What was your favourite yeah. game of the year 2012? Well, hear me out. Um, I played this game on the 3DS, but I had the DS version, and it is Adventure Time. Hey, Ice King, why'd you steal that garbage? So mm. this was a um, a great game, developed by WayForward and published by D3 for the Nintendo DS and 3DS. With uh, Look, I want to say that the major differences between the DS and the 3DS were maybe some smoother graphics and a bit of a, a higher quality of music, um, which, you know, did sort of make a, a big change in both sort of versions back in the day because I say back in the day and it didn't, doesn't really wasn't that long ago. It was, well, it was. Fuck, it was 11 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Um, 
so this is a great game for a couple of reasons. It's still, to this day, my favourite version of Zelda 2. And the reason why I say that is because the the whole style of the game was completely inspired by Zelda 2. It was basically one for one, the type of gameplay. It was an overworld where you'd walk around it and then little sort of enemies would pop up and like they were just like sprites of monstery looking characters and you'd go into to it and you'd go into this little battle section where it's all 2D and you go and fight them all and then you unlock a chest and then you go and you go and you explore. It was just a, a really um, good little gameplay loop. You had Finn with Jake in his backpack and all the moves comboed up to like Jake would go out and hit with a long attack and Finn would just punch and kick and then you could get all these other different items that really just were jam-packed full of references to Adventure Time as a TV show, and I think it just nailed the aesthetic of it really, really well, um, and it was a lot of fun. And, like, BMO was the little second-screen menu screen down the bottom, and you'd press different things for, like, the map and stuff And on BMO. I thought it was really, really cool. Um, and, look, I, I think this is probably the only good... Um, Adventure Time game that was made by WayForward. Um, I think they're still making Adventure Time games and none of them have really managed to capture the... Because I think that Adventure Time in a lot of ways is like the younger children's version of Rick and Morty. It's so It's this very short show that happens in four-minute segments, I think. I think each episode is about four or five minutes long. And most of the episodes are just about random stuff. But and then there's this story that's underlying throughout the whole thing that carries on from season one all the way through to the end that I haven't seen yet. And I found that there was a lot of really rich um, storytelling to be had in there. And I found that the show was at its best when it had those more serious story-driven moments where it expanded on the mystery of the Land of Ooh. And I found that this game captured the quirkiness and a bit of that story element quite well. It was a very silly story, but it still managed to really just bring Adventure Time into the palm of your hands. And I think that was really great. It left you itching for more and, you know, had a great, great level of difficulty as well. Epic final boss. I really loved the final boss of this game. Um, where you're flying on the the unicorn that's all a rainbow and you're using that to... I can't remember the name of that unicorn, but you go and you shoot stuff out of it and it was just really super fun. And then they follow up that game with... <laughs> that is the best fucking sandbite ever. Um, but and then they follow up this game with, um, you know, Adventure Time, Explore the Dungeon because I don't know. And that game was absolute horse piss it was just a dungeon crawler <laughs> with virtually no story it was a, you know absolutely woeful and just it all it was was basically an adventure time skinned endless dungeon crawler almost endless anyway and i just didn't really rate it but um having said that adventure time hey asking why'd you steal our garbage very 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 good game for the ds the 3ds nice mm. killer 2012 Adventure time. There's uh, there's a soundbite here that's called <laughs> Kiwi Adventure Time. I'm very tempted to press that button. Uh, press it. All right. Let's go on an adventure. Okay. <laughs> 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 
I was uh, waiting for some food. Oh, no. Yeah. It's Adventure Time, I was waiting bro. for Adventure Time. Come on, grab your friends. We'll go and um, get we'll some. We'll go and visit Dustin Leans. We'll watch the All Blacks. We'll drink some. Tuggets. All right, no. <laughs> I don't know. L&P. Yeah. <laughs> Lemon yeah. and pyro. That's yeah. it. That's it. Some fish and chops. That's fuzzy. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck are we talking it's about? Fuzzy, cozy bros. Uh, all right. Uh, C Mac, twenty twelve. Tell us why yeah. it was your favourite year in gaming. Oh, my, my absolute favourite. Thanks, Simon. What a what a great year. Well, fucking fucking diddly do. I couldn't find a fucking thing, but. Are you kidding me? Look at this list of games. I looked at the list of games, but they're not. I wasn't a big gamer back in 2012. Look at these games: Fire Emblem Awakening, Mass what? Effect Three. I didn't play Mass Effect Three. So Super anyway, 13, Akami I didn't HD. play that. I didn't play that. So what I've chosen: Pokemon I'm Black and White Two. Shush. Oh, that's a good one. New Super Mario Bros. Two. Fucking tell me there's no games coming out in bloody twenty. You know what I was going to say, which I saw, is Paper Mario Sticker Star. Fuck off. I... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the reason that stood out to me is that's the game, I've probably talked about it a million times, but it's probably the game that sort of got me back into gaming. What When I bought that, my Kino... My Kino 3DS, mm. as everyone knows that one. It's the Kino story a... again. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling the fucking story. I just... Yeah. But also, Pokemon Black and White, that was an excellent Pokemon game before they turned to a bit crap. So I don't really have a whole um, long story about it like Simon had about Adventure Time. But, yeah, Sticker Star, at the end of the day, I did enjoy the game to a degree. And I liked Pokemon Black and White because I like Pokemon and I've pretty much gotten every Pokemon since, so that's mine. That's it. You've (laughs) gotten every Pokemon since. That's a lie. On 3DS. Oh, on 3DS. That's not a lie. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Sticker Star was an okay game if it was a standalone game or a spin-off to Paper Mario. Would have been fine if it was like a handheld spin off. Mm. But then they just went and they just had to fuck the whole series with that shit. Ah, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> just thought I'd do your job for you. <laughs> Scathing. Mm. All right. Uh, thanks. Thanks, uh, Pisty. Fergus. You're welcome. Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. What do we got? I got two honorable mentions. I'm breaking mm-hmm. the rules very quickly. A game, that, a game that, um, Won many Game of the Year awards, surprisingly. I didn't remember it winning Game of the Awards, Game of the Year awards, but that was um, none other than the Walking Dead video game, which was the episodic adventure by Telltale Games, uh. which was your uh, quick time adventure based on the Walking Dead, whatever. That that was a fantastic game. I actually really enjoyed that one back in 2012. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Telltale Games, and of all the ones I've played, which is fuck, a fair few of them, the Walking Dead's easily top three. Um, fantastic game. So that gets an honourable mention. After that, we had we had Halo Four, 
Now, granted, Halo 4 is not going to go down as one of the greatest Halo games in, you know, the whole franchise, but this was the first game that 343 Industries did um, after taking over from Bungie. So, there was a lot of nervous Halo fanboys anticipating this game about how how they're going to go with the game, and they released a really solid Halo game, um, being Halo 4. Got, it was well-received. Um, I think I had an 87 Metacritic score, and that was a game that I played heaps of in 2012. So I want to give that one a shout-out. That was a very solid game. But my favorite game of 2012, it's a game that I've talked about quite a bit, actually, on the podcast over our duration, and I think I was talking about it quite a bit at the beginning of this year. Mm. It was a bit of a, you know, a big year for this game in particular with the third expansion coming out and also being released on Steam. Um, and that's no none other than Guild Wars 2. The sequel to Guild Wars. Mm, of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> at, in 2012, prior to this, I'd been playing quite a bit of World of Warcraft. I'm not going to lie. Now, I loved World of Warcraft, but I had a few gripes with it. And as someone who, you know, I wasn't the biggest WoW fanboy playing around you know my life didn't revolve around this game so i'd probably categorize myself as a casual wow player and probably the biggest issue i had with this game was that it had a monthly subscription still does and so it's a lot of the things we've discussed on the podcast now about all these you know the playstation xbox game pass you know trying to work out value for money and stuff like this so when you were playing other games, trying to justify spending, and at that time it was about 30 bucks a month, which was sort of the cheapest you could get it if you were getting like a three or a six month sort of subscription. So paying 30 bucks a month when you weren't playing it flat out, um, it's got to a point where it got hard to justify spending that money every single month. And in stepped Guild Wars 2, which at the time people were like, this is it. This is the wow killer. This thing's going to bloody wreck wow. It's an $80 game and there's no subscription fee. And it came out and it got amazing reviews. I think it got a 90 Metacritic score. And it's even to this day, it's still a fantastic game. But playing it back in 2012, it was so good. And the two things that I loved that I think it does better than WoW is A, is no subscription fee. I think that's awesome. You don't have to commit to paying a reoccurring, you know, dollar amount every single month just to play the game without it you can't play well you have to play it have to pay to play the game um but the other one was if you ever played well just the fetch quest system in that game is you'd see a person with an exclamation mark above their head you'd run over to them you talk to them they'd say righto go and kill three boars you run off you kill three boars then you got to run all the way back to the quest giver to basically finish the quest and that's typically how a lot of the quests in the game would work, was just running from to a character, to a part, spot in the world, do your mission, and then you have to go and turn it in. Whereas um, Guild Wars 2 had more of a dynamic system where you didn't actually have to trigger the quest by talking to the person. You could run around the world and there'd be world events that would just randomly happen or you'd just stumble across them and you didn't actually... Yeah, you'd, like I said, you'd have to talk to the dude to trigger the event. you just run to a position in the field and and you'd get a trigger on your screen saying, righto, why are you here? Kill 10 people. You'd do it and you'd get your reward straight away. So they completely removed the turn-in aspect of, of WoW, which I didn't really like. Um, 
On top of that, some of the other cool things, like it had a really interesting art style, had amazing music, amazing soundtrack, and it was just a fun game to play. It was just a really fun world to be in. The combat was really good. I liked the style. There was sort of a bit of skill-based combat. There was a dodge button, and you, there was a few things like that that you could work into combat. Um, I played a lot as an engineer, so the engineer class would have things like turrets that would, you know, shoot and do damage or shoot and cast nets and do a few things like that, which, you know, in PvP was super interesting as well and a good way to mix things up. Um, and, yeah, a few other things. There was, like, each area you'd have to close out by doing a number of different things, which include, you know, um, viewing all the vistas. So they were sort of like jump, um, jump puzzles where you'd have to jump to a certain spot and, like, you know, Assassin's Creed games, you'd then look across the land and yeah fantastic game played a lot of a lot of hours in 20 2012 in particular good wars 2 but yeah um to the point where i never went back and played wow um so yeah kudos to guild wars 2 great game if people want to still play guild wars 2 can they are the server still up online yeah like i said there's a bit of a um what's the word a renaissance renaissance. resurgence yeah so with it porting across to steam there's been a big influx and like i said they had an expansion pack this year so i'm pretty sure it's free to play i think one of the times i mentioned on the podcast where i think we did an oldie segment where we talked about maybe value for money games or something Mm. and i think it might have been the one i bought up because outside of the expansions the game's free so like I said, there's no pay to win. The only things you can spend in game of, you know, um, I don't know, cosmetics and, uh, you know, just like inventory space, things to make the game experience more enjoyable, but there's no sort of pay to play stuff. So, yeah, at the moment you can go to Steam, download it for free and basically get a massive collection of content that costs zero. Um, wow. So I didn't mention it. Off the uh, <laughs> off the bat, but obviously talking about wow, it's an MMORPG. So, um, yeah, if you're into those games, you probably would have heard of it. If you haven't, it's a great one to if you if I mean, if someone's going to come to me and say, you know, what's an MMORPG? There's quite a few out there now to play. I'd be recommending this one in a heartbeat, just because the cost of entry is zero, and you can get a lot of content out of it, and then. Yeah, if it's something you vibe with, then you can look at getting expansions and doing stuff like that. So it's very affordable and, yeah, a very fleshed out and a well-executed game. And the other one, fun fact on Guild Wars 2, this is the last game I remember buying on disc in 2012. This was the last CD disc ROM game that I remember buying. So it must have been around the time of the end of the uh, CD ROM. Well, there you go. The ball's hardened. Um, all right, well, uh, just for for my favourite game of 2012, I could not, uh, in all honesty, go past the the game from Firaxis, XCOM, Enemy Unknown. <laughs> and the reason is, uh, so the XCOM franchise started back in the 90s with... Uh, the game of the same same name. It was UFO, Enemy Unknown, which was the first game in the franchise that started things off. And amazing game. It was on PC only um, at that time. And top-down, isometric um, sort of view, and it's a turn-based 
um, strategy game where you're going through with a squad of people, killing a bunch of aliens, stealing all their shit, mm. and then bringing it back to your base so you can research it and then bend it to your will. And it's one of these games where that that in it itself is one of the best elements of the of any of the XCOM games in the franchise. The fact that you're going out there capturing alien equipment and weapons and initially when you find like a brand new weapon, like I remember um, in XCOM Apocalypse, there's a, a gun that you find in one mission that looks like looks like a hairy pig's nose with a like a hand grip underneath <laughs> and the first time you find it in battle you're like what the fuck is this and then you take it back to your base and you research it and it just ends up being this kick-ass like laser weapon that never runs out of ammunition somehow draws its ammunition power from an alternate dimension or something mm. and just fucking dominates the aliens and it just all the different research options where every time you research something new, it unlocks some new part of the story or some new ability. That to me makes the game amazing. Like, I love a game with a really solid research tree that you can just make your way through and get progressively mm. stronger and stronger as you go. Um, and XCOM Enemy Unknown took all the the sort of really good parts from the original X from the original XCOM and expanded on it as well so for example it was always a thing where you could bring alien corpses back with you to do an autopsy on and you know gain a bit of insight into how the aliens tick and this one like you bring an alien back and you you run the uh, autopsy and you get like a little animation of like the doctor sort of like cutting into the alien and getting sprayed with alien blood and you know and he's sort of he's sort of narrating things like oh you know i'm i noticed when i opened the alien up i could see the egg sack you know and yeah like he's just sort of talking you through like the various strengths and weaknesses of each alien and of course then that information yields like advantages like oh you know this alien's particularly vulnerable to fire this one's particularly mm. vulnerable to explosive you know this is and they go through all this sort of stuff so it really does influence like you know if you're going to a particular mission and mm. you're up against the lobster men for example you need to bring a certain type of weaponry with you to to beat them otherwise they're just going to absolutely dominate you so mm. um really good you can build your own uh, spacecraft and then as you capture the various UFOs from the aliens, you recover their weapons and power supplies and all the stuff off their craft and you can use it to improve your own ships and make them faster and more powerful and all of that sort of thing. So, mm. um, And that game really invigor- reinvigorated the franchise um, and now... I think Praxis did a, an XCOM 2, which was, again, an amazing game in its own right. And then they followed it up with the uh, Marvel Midnight Suns game, mm-hmm. which, again, followed a very similar formula. Um, I haven't yet played Midnight Suns, mm. but um, I've heard good things about it. And I've heard it plays very mm. similar to the XCOM games. So, 
Um, that might even be a good one to check out over the Christmas break when things mm. uh, quieten down There's a little a bit. Few sales on, but uh, yeah, XCOM Enemy Unknown. If you are a fan of real time, uh, well, turn based strategy, mm. um, and you like games with a really meaty research tree to dig into, mm. bloody jump into XCOM Enemy Unknown. You won't regret it. Give it a go. And XCOM Two is um, free for people on the PlayStation uh, Extra tier on the mm. PS Store. So you can, if you're a subscriber to that service, you can even download it for nothing and uh, enjoy all the quality it has to show. So uh, yeah, nice. These are these are games I've never played but always wanted to. I think it was PC Gamer did their. I think they do it annually, but this year might have been their thirtieth anniversary of. Um, of PC Gamer and they do their top 100 PC game list and I think XCOM 2 is in the top 10 I think it's 10th or something so a top 10 in their eyes a top 10 greatest PC game of all time that's pretty good praise it's uh, not an easy game though it's extremely frustrating at times because some of the missions uh, you, you land and you literally get like 10 turns or something to to achieve mm-hmm. all your objectives or you lose mm. and fuck it's hard to get all your objectives done in 10 turns and not lose half your squad in the process so uh, yeah not for the faint of heart mm. um, but yeah very enjoyable yeah nice that's what I loved about um, as much as I hate to say it, Ubisoft's um, fucking Mario plus Rabbids it, it takes a lot of those very similar core ideas and put it into this universe that you know everyone obviously knows and loves but added this deep strategy to it that just felt so satisfying when you could nail it and you're right jb that frustration that you feel when you know you've got this limited amount of turns and you've got this to do and you've got to find the right way to do it but I feel like there's something incredibly satisfying about hitting that and making it work and so um, I think all the good things that were taken from XCOM made it into Mario plus Rabbids um, Kingdom Battle, which was the first entry into the series. And, I, I mean, even though I like the update that they made to the game in the in the second game to make it a little bit more standalone and a little less XCOM-y, I did sort of miss the whole grid layout. You know, I, I find that the grid layout's really cool for these sort of strategy games because it gives you um, really just a more finite understanding of where you can and can't go and wh- what the playing field is, which I really love. Um, you know, it's the same with Fire Emblem. You have the same sort of thing. You have a certain amount of moves to go, but, I mean, the difference being there, you only your stats bear weight as to how you attack and, and to how well you can defeat something. And I think that having a little bit more of a, an onus on what the attacks are in those games set them apart so much. And well, I haven't played XCOM, but I, I've always wanted to because of Mario plus Rabbids. Much like, you know, I always wanted to get into David Bowie because of Flight of the Concords. It's, it's really bizarre how... Sometimes the inspiration can lead you back to the source, and I'm mm. still, I'm just still killing to play XCOM. Mm. Mm. I'd be remiss to if I didn't uh, give an honourable mention to uh, the the last game in the original XCOM series before uh, before it really sort of took a nosedive, 
uh, and that was XCOM Apocalypse. And uh, for some reason, uh, when we were playing that as uh, pimply-faced teenagers, there was uh, all the all the characters that you would recruit to your squad all had just you know generic names that were generated by the uh, system. And uh, for some reason, uh, one time playing with uh, with a few of my friends, we noticed one of the characters had been given the name Ian Janian. Uh, and for some reason, <laughs> thought that was the funniest <laughs> fucking shit uh, going around. So, nice. uh, yeah, shout out to Ian Janian. <laughs> um, uh, which, yeah, yeah, just very, very That's bizarre. That's still great. Nice. Holds just- up today. I know um, Steely started rattling off the list, but just for everyone's interest, 2012, pretty damn good game. Pretty fucking, what am I talking about? Pretty good year for gaming is what I'm trying to say. Here we go. Here's some Mass Effect 3, Borderlands 2, Dishonored, Far Cry 3, Max Payne 3, Darksiders 2, uh, Assassin's Creed 3, Diablo 3, Sleeping Dogs, a fantastic game, Journey. Cool game, I think oh, yeah. that I think that won some Game of the Year awards as well. Um, Dragon's yeah. Dogma, Hitman Absolution. Uh, what else we got here? Resident Evil Six. We had Hotline Miami was in there, which is a fantastic little game. Um, the Darkness Two, Counter Strike Global Offensive. Um, yeah, just to rattle off a few, quite a few good mm. games in in that uh, list there. What in the mix? Yeah. Mm. Diablo 3, one of the shittest games in the franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's had to be the one that I played as well. Yeah. That sullied my my expectations for Diablo 4 and made me instantly dislike it. Mm. How sad is that? Well, Diablo 3? No No dick! No No balls! balls. (laughs) No balls! This guy feeds on radiation! And on that note, uh, that's all the time we have for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. I would like to thank, as always, the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you. Thank you, JB. Have you ever been to Tipperary? (laughs) I have not. Well, nor have I. That makes two of us. All right. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's been good to be. It's been good to be here. Thanks for having me. And last but not least, thank you so much, Uh, Pistol Pisty Pete, the pissed, the pissed. Sorry, sorry, the pissed has been a bit quiet tonight, guys. I'm just. She's very tired. Well, she's had a couple of bullets to the magazine. If you know what I mean. (laughs) What is that? Oh, it's my horse. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I was aiming for you and hit the horse instead. Uh, but, uh, Ouch. I just go onto my horse and ride out to the sunset. Poor Maccabi Diva. Okay. All good, nice. C-Mac. Well, let's... Uh, nice. How about next time we do the uh, novelty segment? We'll let C-Mac pick the year next time. Yes, I think Nah, that's... fuck that. I'll just wow. Mario year. She can tell us all about fucking Dick Smith again. Simon. <laughs> It's a good story, though. Yeah, cool story, bro. It's still a good story. Yeah. Duck Smuff. Oh, well, that's all the time we've got, <laughs> so we'll see you next week. 
Catch you. Bye. Next week, hey, that's in the weeks. That's seven days from now. Well, actually, yeah, sort of. If you count Sunday, it's six. But nobody does that because it's a fucking stupid thing to do. Don't get offended about it. People that want to be.